Hey guys. Uh, so you know how we usually like to start off with something maybe kind of humorous or whatever to break the ice? Well, I got... Yes. Yeah. I feel like you're about to tell a dad joke right now. I don't know why, but I just <laughs> no. feel it in your voice that you're this about to tell a dad joke. This is hilarious. Wait till you hear this. Oh my gosh. Donald Trump is going to be president of the United States. <laughs> no, funny. we should actually cry. Within the same. Um, with the- <laughs> yeah. I'm starting Guys, to. It was within the family so, of dad jokes. It's a yeah. really bad joke. <laughs> In the family dad I really do have a funny story. But before that, I just got to say, um, I did not. I really didn't think it would happen. Like, I didn't think there was any way it was going to happen. Me neither. I thought there and was. Then, zero and when we chance. talked about the election, I think I said something along those lines of like, "This is he's. There's no way he's going to win, and all the people supporting him are just going to look the worst for it." And here I am. I'm here to eat crow. <laughs> I I was really surprised. <laughs> On the other hand, yeah, I was like, "Oh yeah, people really loathe Hillary Clinton." So I guess there is that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. all of the middle yeah. of America. <laughs> They all well, avoid. they were talking about like, w- w- well, there was a lot of people who just were like not that motivated to go vote. Who like people who voted when Obama was running, who were like, oh, eh, yeah. I don't really care this time. Um, and then there was a yeah. lot of counties they were breaking down like states that like Trump won, that Obama had won, you know. And they're like looking at a lot of these counties that were kind of more of the swing counties or whatever within those swing states. And they're like, here's places mm-hmm. where like they went pretty decidedly blue in 08 and 012 for Obama. And then they're like, those same people were like, yeah, we're voting for Trump this time because we really don't like Hillary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's a subset of people that has that, like, um, liberal, well, I guess more almost like a libertarian, like liberal social values, but very conservative. Fiscally um, and fiscal. Yeah. fiscal values. And I think a lot of them voted for Trump probably. Maybe so. But- just because they probably really disliked Hillary. <laughs> yeah. Um, for voted for Trump for fiscal reasons. Definitely the numbers, like the turnout numbers of people who voted in general was down since the last couple elections, which that didn't surprise me at all. Shocker. Nobody liked Yeah, a lot of people just anybody. really didn't want to vote for either one, so they just didn't. Um, so it really didn't surprise me as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. But um, And I think probably there was a lot of people who went ahead and voted third party this time around. And so that, that drew back also on some of the, if you just looked at like Trump Hillary numbers, as far as who voted for them, like one drawback is people who didn't vote for either one of them or, or at all. And then there's also that group of people who voted, but just not for either one of them, they voted for somebody else. But so, uh, but yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Although yours didn't count as a vote for anybody yeah. else. Well, but still it didn't count as a vote for either of them. I wrote yeah. in Evan McMullen and Oklahoma doesn't uh, count right in. So you didn't get a count. <laughs> So I did it anyway. I, I, I wrote him in <laughs> because I I'm protesting the fact that Oklahoma doesn't count right. <laughs> really, really, yeah. just like if anything, if this is directed at you, Oklahoma. Uh. Take that, because <laughs> anybody's nobody's gonna ever know that I even wrote him in because the machine doesn't even read yeah. that part of the paper. No. Like it, it literally makes no difference. But I did yeah. it anyways. I wrote in, and I don't know if our voting <laughs> machine really had any way of tracking that very well either, but. It had a spot for it, so. Kansas is one of the states that is, yeah, Kansas counts right yeah. ins. I yeah. think the rule Officially. is that it does and that he was set up, so I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, hopefully it counted, but well, I knew my, I knew Kansas, yeah. I knew Oklahoma, like there was, no, it was going to go to Trump. 
There's no chance it's going yeah, to Trump. I, yeah. It is fun, kind of funny looking at a uh, map of Oklahoma and the counties within Oklahoma and what yeah. colors they wear. Yeah. <laughs> because the entire state is red except for Oklahoma County. Right. Oklahoma, yeah. City, Oklahoma City went blue. Yeah. Oklahoma City was blue. The rest of the state was red. Which does not surprise me because almost everyone I know that I've talked about it with in Oklahoma City voted for Hillary. Yeah. And Same here, but I work in the Apple store. Everyone that I heard <laughs> speaking. Yeah, that's true. You were at the Apple store. Um, everyone that I heard, like I heard people talking about how they were going to vote for Hillary or they were going to vote all Democrat or whatever at our voting, our polling yeah. location. Yeah. Well, we live in a very Democrat, uh, what's that called? District. Yeah. District. Yes. Um, but well, yeah, and that's kind of it, throughout most of the country. Yeah, the high population centers tended to go blue, but. And that mm-hmm. kind of also brings up even the issue, like now people are talking about, oh, because Hillary got the popular vote, like repeal the Electoral College, all that yeah. stuff. Electoral yeah, College. that's talk is started up again. And um, why do we even have yeah. that anymore? And maybe that's another. I literally did not know why we had it, but then I watched a video on Facebook yeah, today and now I, I know. saw that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, there's pros and cons to it, but a lot of people are like, there's no good reason at all. And it's like, well, no, there is decent reasons behind it. There's at least, there are some like, reasons. There if you want your candidates to only campaign in made. New York and LA, okay, then yeah, let's get rid of it. But <laughs> anyway, that could be another discussion for another day. Yeah. I do have an, a funny personal story. Um, if you guys are just tired of politics in general, because let's face it, the election's over and, you know, whatever. It is what it is. But yeah, la- yeah. the other night, uh, Tuesday night, I guess it was, you know, we didn't know ballots were still coming as we're still kind of early for that. But uh, we had eaten dinner at my parents and we're going out to the car. We're getting ready to leave and, you know, telling the boys, you know, get in there, get in your car seats, buckle up. And especially Augie, like he takes four, like he'll get in the van and kind of lollygags this and that. And it's like, we're everybody's ready to go. And he's like, buckle your seatbelt. Like you're not sit in your chair and buckle your seatbelt. Like we're waiting on you. So... <laughs> That was me my entire life and still What is. takes you yes. so long? You take forever to get out of the car. We pull into the parking spot and or pull into the driveway and I'm like, oh, we're here. I have to put my shoes on. I have to put all the things yeah. back into my bag. I have to put my jacket on. Now I can get out of the car 10 minutes later. You know, like 10 minutes before you got to your house, you knew you were almost there, but it's like, nah, we're, oh, wait, now we're in the driveway. Yeah, I should probably start doing I just don't think about it. It just doesn't, the thought does not even cross my mind that maybe I should start doing these things ahead of time. Well. <laughs> my mom's going to love this section of this episode. So t- she re- used to uh, call me the pokey little puppy from that children's book. To uh, to motivate August and um, also to kind of give him a hard time, I said, uh, hurry up, get in there buckled up because I got to take you home so I can go play at the park. And, you know, like I just threw it out there real quick like that. And I, and I, I expect him to go, no, not without me, or that's not fair, something along those lines. Or, Dad, it's dark. You can't go to the park. Um, <laughs> you know, any, any of those things. Uh, but what he said, and, and this is when I, I realized um, I'm getting old. Uh, and, you know, like I've got my 29th birthday coming up next month. And I'm realizing, like, I'm entering into... Like that will be the be- that'll be the end of my 29th year on this earth and the beginning of my 30th year of life, right? And that's, oh, that's a really true. dark thought. And then so I, <laughs> I'm like wow, that's crazy. 
three decades, but all right. And, um, I, and so anyway, so I say this and I'm expecting him to say any of those other things like I mentioned. And what he says is, no, dad, you can't, you're bigger. (laughs) So (laughs) apparently you reach a certain age. You're too old for the park. And when you're bigger, you just don't get to go. <laughs> so that's what I got. No, no you, you can't. can't. You're, you're bigger. bigger. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, that's really funny. I Old think it's man. interesting that you. I doubt that most people think about their turning twenty nine, and how the fact that that's the beginning of your thirtieth year of life. Like most people don't think no. of it that way, right? But yeah, you do. Yeah, you're exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, you've done that. Yeah, I was talking to somebody at work. <laughs> Clearly, and because um, like she had just turned thirty, like this last month, and she was talking about it's like ah yeah, it's one of those birthdays. It's like oh man, and um, yeah, I kind of mentioned that. It's like well, if it makes you feel any better, it's actually the end of your thirtieth year. You've been, you know. This whole year has been your three. So you actually, like, it's the end of it. So you can put it behind you now. She's like, no, that's actually more depressing. <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, because oh, I was thinking, funny. like, when you turn, when you have your first birthday, like, that's the end of your first year. So when you have your 29th birthday, like, that's the end of your 29th year, not the beginning of it. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not excited about it. But anyway, it is what it is. Yeah, kind of like the Trump election. It is what it is. <laughs> Not excited about it. <laughs> I guess it's so uh, today. Anyway, <laughs> that's enough about that. I'm bigger, and that's yeah. all you need to know. <laughs> enough depressing things. <laughs> so, um, speaking of depressing things, um, I've been in anatomy for the last seven years. Seven years. Oh no, that's depressing. Seven weeks. Thank you. Um, and today was the last day of anatomy class, which is Yay. why I'm on this podcast this time. Woohoo! Yeah. So, in celebration, two of my medical school friends got pets today. Oh wow! <laughs> because now we have a life, and they can take care of their pets. Um, one of them actually got their kitten today because Trump got elected, and she was depressed about it. And so her husband said that she oh, could my. get the, the kitten. Oh my! <laughs> and um, <clears throat> and. They named this kitten Augustus Tolkien, Augie for short. Hey, it's a good name. <laughs> it's a good name. Apparently yeah. so. I like the last yes. name, and then Tolkien. My- that's that's clever too. <laughs> or middle name, I guess. I don't know. How yeah. That- yeah. No middle name because the text message says meet Augustus Tolkien Harsha Augie for short. Harsha is the all name. right. Well, congratulations um, to them. Yep. I mean. <laughs> I had to roll my eyes at the reasoning behind it, but congratulations still. (laughs) I think she was desperate. Yeah, that's probably more the case. (laughs) If this gets him convinced, all right. Um, (laughs) Anything that'll do the job. So, and then my other friend um, got a puppy and she's been wanting one for a long time, but she's, she got the puppy, but really it's staying at her Mm. fiance's house. Until they get married because she can't keep it in the house that she's renting right now. And they don't. Um, and her fiance is And they is don't Catholic. live together? I mean, isn't that what you're supposed to do nowadays? They don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't know. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> in this scenario, they don't. Wow. Shocker. They're like the exception. Um, yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> they are. Maybe that's because their fiance is Catholic. Um, anyways, her fiance is Catholic. And um, I don't know if this was part of her persuading him that they should get the dog. Like he got to name it or or what the deal is, but they got the dog and it's named Pup Francis. <laughs> <laughs> because her fiance really likes Pup Francis. Hey. <laughs> uh, Pup, Francis. Pup Francis. I like it. I like punny names. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the best dog name I've ever heard. Yeah. Josh was really into you it. You know, I. Yeah. Because Josh, loves I think it's great. I, I love. I'm all about a punny dog name, and that that one that's one of the better ones I've ever heard. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Pup Francis. All right, let's get into our topic. Uh, before that, we'll <laughs> tell you a little bit about our sponsor. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Stokeshed. Stokeshed is a music and audio production house. Bobby has over 10 years of experience in the music industry. His projects include Foundation's Church Podcast, the upcoming debut album by The Fairweather, The God Project with Joe Moore of The Real Life Podcast, and this podcast, Don't Be Stupid. He is a fantastic guy to work with, uh, really awesome. And uh, if you head over to stokeshed.com to request a quote, you'll receive a 20% discount on podcast editing and production if you mention Don't Be Stupid. Be sure and do it, stokeshed.com, and uh, get a quote. All right, so this week, we're talking about the Bible again. A couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, uh, translations, Bible design, that kind of thing. We're going to continue that conversation by talking about the inspiration of Scripture and interpreting Scripture. So, to start that off, I want to ask you guys a question. If I could get our document open here. Uh, the Dougal? Yes, Is that the what Dougal. you're trying to the open? The Dougal. The yep. Dougal. <laughs> <laughs> this was Ben trying to say Google Doc earlier. Yes. Uh, the Dougal. <laughs> uh, so the first question is, what does it mean for the Bible to be inspired by God? What does it mean to be the inspired word of God? It means that it's God-breathed. But, well, that's, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I'm going with Sam's answer. Yep. Christian Done. What's phrase. next, Josh? <laughs> Okay, next question is, what does it mean for the Bible to be God-breathed? Man, I did not see that coming. <laughs> Dang it. So what do you guys think? Uh, so yeah. inspiration. People talk about their art being inspired. Is it inspired in that way? Like it's just a, a an elevated piece of work? Mm. Well... Uh, maybe kind of, that's, you know, maybe that's kind of a, one way to think about it. Like in a sense, an artist gets a sense of inspiration and they, you know, write a poem, paint a picture, sing a song, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll talk about like the muse, you know, they just get this, uh, yep. insp- inspired or creative streak. Boom. Art happens. Maybe in a sense, like that's the way that God, we so like in a way that maybe some sort of like a creative streak or something within themselves that gives them that inspiration. We would talk about like with the Bible, the authors that wrote it, like God was that inspiration. 
and specifically like the Holy Spirit. Okay. And so it could have been maybe like, it's still their thoughts and everything, but God was inspiring and guiding it. So it maybe is one way you can think about it. Um, some people. Okay. I don't so know. God guiding it, would that, is he just directing them to write something and then they just put down their thoughts, but they're, I don't know, tinged with, God with the Holy Spirit or was he telling them every yeah, single word to that's write? A, that's a good question, isn't it? Or was he telling them the gist of what to write and they're tinged with human? Their personality yeah. still came through kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, that, that is, the, that is an area of much debate within theology. <laughs> yes. <laughs> much uh, debate. For me, I don't tend to think of it in most cases. I don't tend to think of it as God saying, here, dictate and write out these words, except for in some of the places where the author actually writes, and then the Lord said, tell them this, followed <laughs> yeah. by <Quote>. them <laughs> quoting God. <laughs> so there I'd probably say that it, either in a... So I guess there's a number of ways people could get inspiration. It could be like something like in the form of a vision or something like that, like in a situation maybe where they, you know, and then the Lord said mm-hmm. unto me, you know, so maybe they're actually, maybe in a sense are hearing an audible voice. Maybe the voice is only audibly heard by them. Maybe not even anybody else around, but they actually you're hearing or have the sense of hearing a, a real voice. But for the most part, I think, um, I like looking at the Psalms, for instance, I think God inspired the psalmist to write those things, but I think they're definitely the psalmist's words. So God meant for and intended and knew the psalmist would write those things. And yet the psalmist still wrote them out of their own desires that and inspirations that they felt at the time. If that does that like in a way I almost think of it a lot of times as both. Yeah. And I think even when you take like the epistles and like what Paul and Peter and wrote in those letters, like I think they were just writing letters down that they thought this is helpful for the church at Rome. This is helpful for the church in Corinth or this is helpful for my disciple Timothy. But in all that God was still working, even if they weren't fully aware of it or thinking about yeah. it at the time. That's how I tend to think about it. But again, this is an area of much debate by many theologians. <laughs> yeah. I think that would make sense about the the process of what the experience was like for them because they don't tell people this letter that I'm writing you is the word of God or anything like that. It became recognized as scripture after it was written, after it got passed around a little bit and people read it and they said, oh, this is the community said, oh, this is the word of God. It wasn't, you know, I, I think that would make sense that they didn't necessarily yeah. know every, this. these words that I'm writing it, right now. Isn't, is there some self-realization though? Isn't there in one of Paul's letters and talking about some of the stuff that Peter had written and the others of being authority there? Yeah, but it wasn't within that letter. It wasn't about oh. that letter. It was about other That's New true. Testament letters. That's fair. Yeah. So did they choose the words that they wrote? Ha ha. Yes. Now that, that, because that all depends on what you mean by choice. I'm not a Calvinist, so <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I partly asked that question just to be facetious, but also I ask it because I think it's a similar uh, mystery. I think that there's a bit of all of it and that, yes, it's what God wanted written. And it's exactly what he wanted written, but also humans chose what to write and it 
was filtered through their personality and all of those things. And so I think it's, I think it's both and just like Jesus was both God and man. I think the word is, comes from both God and man. Uh, And so I think, I think there's a little bit of both of it, but what I think inspired the inspired word of God, I think what that really means is not necessarily, you know, this discussion of did humans have like how much of a part did humans have to play in it? But the result is that it is from God. Like it's, it's what he wanted written down and it is useful for teaching and for theology and doctrine and all of those things. And it is what God wants his message to us to be. That's God's message to us. And it is our authority in life. I think that's what it means to be inspired is that it is, it's from God and it is the only thing that has that kind of authority. Well, if humans were involved in the process, of course, that brings up the question then, did humans somehow taint or um, err in their writings? And can we trust it to be fully truthful in everything? Yes, are you saying yes, we can, or yes, that brings up that question? I think it brings up that question. Is it inerrant? Yeah. And I think that it is. I think that the original documents okay. were inerrant. That's a good distinction to make. Which I think is, I think that's an important, yeah, I think it's an important yes. clarification. I think the original manuscripts were inerrant. There is nothing that was untrue that was said um, or that was affirmed. Because, I mean, there are things that, you know, quoting somebody saying something, what they said could have been wrong, but in everything that it affirms, okay, it yes. is true. Um, but I think there's a possibility that from that point until now, there have been slight um, errors in translation and things like that. So maybe the documents we don't, we have right now aren't absolutely inerrant but I don't think that it really matters because I think that for the most part, and this is like a very large percentage for the most part, I'd say that we have 98, 99% accurate um, translations of what was produced then. And we can kind of, we can corroborate that. There've been lots of studies because we have so many manuscripts, which is super helpful um, to figure out how many errors might have happened. And so while I think the original ones were inerrant, I don't think the discussion of inerrancy is actually particularly helpful right now. I think the discussion of is what it's saying true important, like the main ideas, not necessarily is every single fact that it records accurate. Does that make sense? Yes. Would you guys agree Um, or disagree? Yeah. I mean, I think the question of inerrancy is one that tends to come up a lot and there is significance to it because it in some ways goes back to how much, how much trust can we put in and if we start, if we're not careful in that discussion, if we it, so in one sense, I think, yeah, inerrancy, it's, it's, I don't know, that's one of the major issues we really need to try to, you know, that there can be some disagreement and that's okay. But on the other hand, yeah, what we got to be careful of is we, we say, no, the Bible's not inerrant. Where do we say, well, this is trustworthy, but this isn't. And then sometimes people tend to get picky and choosy yes. about, well, I don't like this. So this is probably not the inspired part, 
but I do like this. So this is the inspired part. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus talks about love and acceptance, all those things, that's great. But when it talks about controversial stuff like homosexuality, things like that, well, that was probably just Paul speaking. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Th- that's where I think the the issue is important to talk about. On the other hand, um, yeah. like just what you said already, Josh, about translation and things like that, you know, it doesn't have to be like a, yeah. uh, no, you must accept an energy or we can't accept you into our fold. Like that seems a bit, that seems right. a bit dramatic. Yeah. Yep. I think it's mostly about the motivation when you're asking those questions. Those are good questions to ask, um, especially for someone who is, considering whether they believe Christianity or not. That's a, that's an important question. Um, but it only is useful so long as you're willing to accept what answer you come to. If you ask it with the motivation of getting around a part of scripture that you don't like, then there it's, it's not a helpful question yeah. at all. No. So, and I think the only reason that you could have to not accept a certain part of scripture is if you had really good reason to think that it actually was not part of the original manuscript. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which there's rarely, I mean, if ever, I mean, there's rarely a scenario to think that the, there's a certain passage in scripture that's not. Like, I, like I said, it's incredibly reliable. And if this is inspired, which I think is an important question. Uh, and that's why we start off with that. I think that's the most important thing. Is it actually from God? If it is actually from God, then rejecting it, rejecting a certain part of it is really, really detrimental. And that's a really yeah. terrible thing to do. And so err on right. the side of caution and we should assume it. It's, it is so, like those reliable. rare. It's putting yourself in God's place. Yeah. It's the most idolatrous, one of the, most idolatrous things you could probably that, do. Absolutely. So yeah, like those rare cases where it's not in the, or we think maybe it wasn't in the original, like the long ending of Mark or the woman caught in adultery and, you know, the super rare cases, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, they. I, yeah, I was thinking of one of those. <laughs> no, you could really, you could count, on, like, I, uh, you could count on one hand almost cases never, like and that, took but I'm just giving you a hard time about. <laughs> Is that one of the, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is in Mark, is that the one where he uh, d- writes the things in the sand? Yes, that's the woman caught in adultery. Okay. Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. That was most likely not. I in thought the that was in Luke. Script. Yeah, that's what I thought. But also, it's not. Uh, am I wrong? Uh, I think it's one of the M's. I'm pretty sure the uh, writing the things in the sand is in okay. an M. No, book. You're probably right. <laughs> Mark or Matthew. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. But there's also, yeah, in addition to that, there's the ending in Mark. That, yeah. yeah. I don't think any of those things are uh, very. No. consequential whether they they're not. you could take them out yeah. and it really not. doesn't change anything there's no no major change to any of this i mean you take it out and your bible still reads pretty much the same like so that yeah. it's not a big deal absolutely but um anyway so i mean if you know if we can trust the bible as being the inspired word of god and we can reasonably come to the conclusion that since it is from god it is without error then we should take it literally right well, let's <laughs> depends on what literally means. Yes. I literally so we, could eat a horse. Literally. <laughs> like that literally? Yeah. I don't uh, know. Is that a is like, that a line? Sounds like something a Kardashian or... would say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have no idea. That's Parks and Rec. Uh we did not win. 
Oh, Parks and Rec. It's such a good movie. <laughs> or TV show. Man, I'm having a hard time. Parks and Rec is such a good TV show. Uh, okay, so what I was going to say before you said your lit- literally thing. Uh, when I went and voted the other day, I was coming out and they uh, uh, did the poll. And so I participated in one of the polls that OU was doing uh, as I was leaving. Exit polls. Yes. Exit oh, polls. fun. Nobody and ever exit polls. one of the questions. It's not a real official exit poll, though. It doesn't Aww. get reported anywhere. It's just for their class. Wah, wah. Yeah. I wanted to be reported yeah. on TV. Yeah, me too. Not me, right. but like my statistic. Yeah, I've never been part of a study like that. And so it's I really t- wanted to be. And so it was kind of cool, but not as like, cool. As of all, like been. when you go to the polls, you're like, eh, my vote probably won't make a difference. But when you get to do the exit survey, you're like, yeah, this makes a difference. Get yeah. me in the research. <laughs> 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 yes, yes. Especially someone like me, because my answers just don't fit what would normally right, be yeah. the case. Right. And so I'm the outlier, yeah. but I was realizing that but, as you know, I was, but, yeah. but seriously though, Josh, like <laughs> this is like when I was studying statistics in college and stuff, the most significant data points were the outliers. They weren't the ones that fit the mean. It was the outliers. Yeah. And that's why I always want to be a part of these. Cause yeah. it's like, I, I like being the outlier. <laughs> I think it's do important you, to have Do you like being singled you out and noticed in a crowd, yes. Josh? Uh, <laughs> That's not the same. He's not being in noticed in the crowd. His okay. number is being dot, noticed on a chart. As a dot on a chart, yes. <laughs> on paper, yes. <laughs> absolutely. That's, That's fantastic. In the world, no. If we're in a crowd of, if we're at a party, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> so I was at a, we had a uh, store meeting the other day. So the entire store, which is like 125 people. And I am the one person with my job in the store. And part of that job is to, plan the meetings and get food and that kind of thing. And at one point during the meeting, they pointed out that I was the one that got the food and the entire room just started erupting oh. in cheers. And I was standing at the front. Cause he walked in with food through yeah. the store. Uh-huh. And I was not okay. And afterwards my manager's like, you don't really like getting public recognition. Do you? Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> no, I don't. That's not the point of the story. Uh, so I was talking about the polls, the exit polls. Um, <laughs> I got way off. Fight the rabbit a trail there. Fantastic transition. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, all in one breath. That's not the point of the story. So the exit poll, I was realizing as I was answering the questions that I just don't fit their perception of what a Christian should be. Um, and one of the questions was, do you believe that the Bible is the um, inspired word or yeah. Do you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God and should be taken and should be read? Uh, yeah. Is the inspired word of God and should be taken literally word for word? So that was one of the options. Or do you believe that the Bible is not the, or is the inspired word of God, but shouldn't be taken literally? Or do you believe that it is not huh. the inspired word of God? <laughs> and it's so like, wow. the only options. I don't agree yeah. with any of those Can I, options. Is there none of the above? <laughs> with, I mean, yeah. No, there wasn't. Or at least, can I add some caveats onto the yeah. answer that I give? Yeah, because, other fill in here. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't agree with, I mean, I wouldn't just say yes to any right. of those statements. Because I do believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. And I do think that it should be read literally with, I mean, as long as we define Keeping that. Keeping context in mind, which is not yes. something yes. people usually do when but, they use the word literally. Right. Because a lot of times when somebody says literally, they mean, do you read Genesis 
one and two as in six days of creation. 24 hour days. Yeah, 24 hour days. And it's like, well, I might, but I don't, I think you could read it literally and not assume 24 hour days. So you're, you're, you're just saying. And so it's lots of scenarios like that, that it's just like, yes, but no. So so you'd be saying like, if we're sure, if we're all using the same definition of literally, then it's like people could come to the different conclusions, but still fit the category of being reading it literal in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But, but they are not Mm -hmm. thinking that way. When they write their question, probably on no. the whole, they're using a different right. definition of literally. Right. Yeah. Yes. That I and and what's interesting with. to me is that like nobody, <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> literally, nobody reads the Bible literally, <laughs> in the sense of taking every word in the Bible in a very literal sense. And and I can give you a perfect example. Right. Um, Jesus says, "I am the door." And nobody reads that as Jesus being made of wood with a doorknob. Literally nobody. Yes. <laughs> yes. Can we say just literally a just a few right. more times while we're doing this episode? Literally, literally. It's a literally. fun word. Kind of like the name Francisco. Little <laughs> Lily. Yeah. <laughs> we should, um, in the show notes, link to the episode, the YouTube video. Um, what you ought to know about grammar. Yeah, because things we say that's wrong. That's what that literally, literally, literally. You can't say it too fast. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> such a funny video. But you all need to watch anyway, it. Anyway, uh, yeah. When so when they ask that question, I'm with you, Josh. Like it's like, uh, what do you mean by that? And it, it's mm-hmm. also part of the problem too, though. A lot of the times these surveys, um, may they're written by people who don't even realize that there is categories between their categories that a lot of Christians fit into. It's like, they think that pretty much all Christians fit into these three categories. And because I mean, that's why they made those three categories. They figure, Oh, you probably fit into one of these three. And it's like, no, there's a huge segment of people Mm -hmm. that actually fit somewhere in the middle of these. Yep. So the question is, should we read it literally? And I'm having a hard time saying that word now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think yes. <laughs> literally, literally, literally. I think yes, in the sense that we should read it as literature. We should read it as mm-hmm. what it's meant right. to be read. So I was waiting for the, that usage of that word to come yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, there are lots of different genres within scripture, and we should read them as their genre is supposed to be read. So if it's poetry, we should read it as poetry. If it's historical narrative we should read it as historical narrative if it's apocalyptic literature we should read it as apocalyptic yeah. literature and it part of the job of the reader is to figure out what that is yeah i like the way what did you say earlier the the bible should be taken seriously for what or it means what it affirms or how did you say it uh uh that there's everything it affirms yeah. is true that right not ev- not necessarily every word, but everything it affirms. Yeah, everything right. that the Bible affirms is true. It's true in all yeah, that it affirms. Yeah, true in all that it affirms. And I think that's a good way to, better rather than using even the term like literal or literally, um, just because all the confusion surrounding that word, we should, it'd probably just be best to get away from using that word when talking about how we understand the Bible. Yeah. Too much baggage. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. Yep. 100%. 
Uh, so what should be our approach when we're interpreting the Bible? What are some, uh, when thinking about this, um, I came up with some tips on things that you should try to avoid or think about when interpreting the Bible. And one of them that I think is important is when you're reading the Bible, trying to interpret it, don't try to outsmart it. I've listened to probably about a thousand sermons (laughs) in my life. And one of the things that I see go wrong most often is that preachers, because they're trying to teach an entire crowd and come up with something new every week. They think that when they're trying to teach a passage of scripture, they've got to come up with something, something unique, something that nobody's thought of before. Like put their own spin. Yeah. Yeah. Put their own spin on it so that they can. Kind of like a reporter. Like you have to have an angle when you tell the story. Right. So that their audience will learn something, will think it was uh, revelatory. It's interesting. Yeah. But what the problem that arises out of that is that we come up with lots of things that the Bible doesn't actually say. Yeah. (laughs) Because every verse is saying something, but what we should try to figure out is what was the author intending to say, not what might this say and we can pull from it. So part of the job of interpreting is just what is the plain meaning of this? Like, what is it? What was the author trying to say? And then let's talk about that, not try to pull a bunch of things out of it. Yeah. Does that make sense? So don't try to outsmart it. Um, And along with that, avoid trying to come up with unique interpretations. Chances are, I mean, millions of people have read this before you (laughs) and have thought about it before you. Chances are... (laughs) Yes. Uh, So I wish that everybody could just see the disdain on your face when you answer that question. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Ben. So chances are people have already figured out what that passage means Uh before you read it. And so if you've thought of something new, it's probably not actually what it's saying. Yeah, probably not. Good. That's, yeah, that's a great way of saying that. (laughs) I've got this new meaning for the scripture that nobody's ever thought of before. Yeah, you're probably wrong then. Yeah. (laughs) You're probably wrong. Uh, Also applicable to that point, if it's a secret in scripture, it's probably not true. There are no secrets. (laughs) Yes. So if you read a book that they said they discovered this secret within scripture that has this prophecy, like the secrets of scripture about the end times, there are no secrets. Yes. Okay, just no secrets. No secrets. <laughs> um, because secrets don't make friends. Another another thing to keep in mind. Keep in mind it is inter- eternally relevant, but historically Ooh. particular. That's I like fine. it. What I mean by that is that all of Scripture is relevant to all of time. Like no matter who you are, in I mean, thousands of years from now, somebody reading the Bible, it's going to be relevant to their life. But scripture was not written to us. Ah. It's relevant to us, but it was not written to us. So Paul's letters to the Corinthians, we need to keep in mind that they were written to the Corinthians. Yeah. They weren't written to us. And so we need to interpret them in that way. 
But the things that he was teaching them may be relevant well, to us as well. Arguably, and God intended the things God intended that we true. would one day read them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, when interpreting scripture, we need to keep that in mind. That just because somebody is saying, like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, yeah, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. That's not to us. I know the plans I have for you. The you is not us. The you is a particular group that that book was being written to. Israelites. Yep. Good. Um, I think it's interesting that when, let's say that in the Old Testament, God addresses the Israelites and says, you have turned away from me and you have done these things and, you know, saying negative things to them. We don't assume that, we don't take that as if it's being written to us. And right. in the New Testament, when Paul is lecturing like the Corinthians or something, he's saying you need like, to not do these when things he says to that the, you've been doing. Like when he we says to assume. the Galatians, "Who has bewitched you?" <laughs> we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We don't assume that he's saying those things to us. But when he's somebody not telling says us to bring a blessing, <laughs> when somebody sa- when when God says, "I'm going to bless you in this way," mm-hmm. people always assume that God's saying that directly yeah. to them. Yeah. It's only addressed to you right. if it's a good thing. But yeah, if it's bad, it's like, oh yeah, this yeah. is where God was talking to those other people back then. Yeah. Although yeah. I have seen though, so, I, I I will say though, I have seen some teachers and preachers take passages like that, like the condemning ones and apply them to a group like maybe like modern day America. They feel like America is going through. Right. You know, Somebody, yeah. you other people over here who don't agree with me yeah. about these things and don't this do what, what God, I want you to do. God's in this, God's saying this to right. you yeah, over there. That's, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're right. They're still pointing the fingers of the else, but it is a different group than the one in the Bible. He's never saying it to me when it's yeah. negative. Uh, and to kind of bring home this point, 29, Jeremiah 29, 11, it's historically particular. So it's not to us. That's not God is not saying, I know the plans I have for you to us, but that is a principle that we can pull from. So what we can discover about that is that God cares about his people. So for all of time, we can know God cares about his we people. We can also know, we can also so we know can that God, that um, being the loving father he is, will punish his people and offer correction yes. and discipline yes. as all loving fathers should do. Um, and then two more points. A text cannot mean what it never meant. Pull that one from uh, yeah. the Bible for all it's worth. I remember that. I remember That's one that of the line things they the said. Book. A text cannot mean what it never meant. And I think this applies when we're trying to read some part of scripture and like you know, hear stories of people where it's like, God speaks to me. And then they open their Bible to a random page and then read a verse. And it's like, oh, God said says that to me right now. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> like, if that's not the point of that verse and the author's original intent, then no, it you can't just pull that out of there. Does that make sense? Oh, I don't like think when, when you sit well. around in Bible study and you say, what does this passage mean to you? Well, right. to me, it means this thing. And to me, it means this thing. Well, if it didn't mean that, it doesn't mean that now. Right. Yeah, so it can never be... <laughs> That whole exercise of going around the Bible study group and saying, what does it mean to you? Those, what does it mean to you are completely irrelevant because if it never meant yeah. that it, when it was originally written, then it right. doesn't mean that now. And I think, 
um, asking that question is silly for sure. But I understand. I think the goal there is to find out like, how are we going to take what we just read and apply it to our lives today? Like ultimately, that's the idea that I think that we want to get at. But we ask it in a really bad way. What does this mean to you? No, that's not the way we need to ask it. Or, Or how is this passage meaningful to you? That would be a more relevant question. Like how... Right. We're skipping... And when you do that, you're skipping a step of biblical yeah. interpretation. It there's should a whole be a two-question yes. series. Yeah. What you does should. this mean? How does this apply to us? Yep. And those two parts are exegesis oh. and hermeneutics. Exegesis is what does what did the what is the original intent of this passage um, within its historical context? It's just original intended intended meaning. That's the process of Ex- exegesis. Jesus, like, and then get out of here. <laughs> no. Like he's leaving. Jesus <laughs> no. has left the Exegesis. E X E G E S I S. Did you just say X E G E? E X E. Yeah. Okay. You said, I think you said the E. I just didn't hear it. Okay. And then hermeneutics is the study of what does this mean for us today? So once you discover what the original intent was, then you can say, well, how does this apply to us? What can we pull from this that does have significance and relevance for us today? And that's the job. I mean, pastors every week, that's what they're doing. They're trying to figure out what did this text mean? And then how is it relevant to us Ah. today? And that's what we're doing when we're interpreting scripture. That's That's what we should. That's what we want. Yes. A lot of times we skip the first step. Or try to just kind of package them into one. What does this mean to you? Instead of what does this mean? How does it apply to you? Okay. And then lastly, on this section of how should we interpret scripture, we must look at it as it is a continuous story about God redeeming his people through Christ, not as a bunch of disconnected pieces. So when reading scripture, we need to realize that it's part of a broader whole and not just a bunch of disconnected pieces. And they all are about God redeeming his people. So if you're reading scripture, yes, God is redeeming his people through Christ. So when you're reading scripture, one of the questions you should always ask is, what does this mean fitting yeah. within that context like, of God how does, his people for, Like, how does this point Christ? to Jesus? Um, Greg Google yes. had some really good stuff in the Bible Fast Forward. Um, in that, I think he's written a book, but he's also, well, has he done a book? I don't know. He's got a study series and stuff. Anyway, um, one thing that's really cool is basically he just does an overview of the whole Bible, starting, you know, Genesis through Revelation. And he, you know, and so kind of taking it section by section with each and kind of breaking it down a little bit like that. And so in a relatively small study, you can get you get that the, the big context, which is really helpful once you have the big context. So when you start reading the specific passages, putting it into that context. Um, but one of the things that's really cool as he's going through um the old testament part, showing how all along the way the old testament is pointing us towards you. So from God's very first, um, so from some of the promises he makes to like Adam and Eve when they're removed from the garden and like that very first covenant he makes with Abraham. And then also the covenants that he makes with Moses is the law is given and how all of this is pointing toward Christ. Um, you know, and in particular, like the, the, one of the biggest turning points, you know, with Abraham and the being the father of the nations, when he makes the promise, you know, through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed and how that's pointing toward Christ. And then how the events that the nation goes through, that the nation of Israel experiences leading up to the point of Christ. Like you can see how all through that God is developing these events pointing toward this certain goal. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
So if you're just kind of reading through the history of the Jews and things like that, and you're not really reading it in that light, there's a lot that you can miss. But whenever you see what God is intending and where he's going with it, you see Jesus all along the way. And it's so cool. But um, yeah. Yeah. So the, the, we got to, we got to start uh, as we, anytime we read a particular passage or whatever, begin to zoom out in a sense and put it all in its proper place within that context of, you know, we put in the context of that time and place when and where it was written and who it was written to, and also in the broader context of the whole of scripture. And, uh, and if it doesn't fit anywhere along the way, then we need to adjust how we're understanding it. Yes, absolutely. That's a great way to put that. That's one of the things, recommendation for you listeners, you should check out The Bible Project. Um, It's a podcast. So So The Bible Project is, basically, they make videos. They're animated videos explaining themes and books of the Bible. And they also have a podcast, which is them basically prepping for the videos. They're talking through the ideas that they're going to put into the videos it is so good. I learned so much from every single episode that I listen to and video that I watch. Uh, but part of what I love about them is that they do this. They view the Bible as a continuous story talking about the um, about God redeeming his people through Christ. And it just brings so much light to what scripture is actually telling us because of that perspective. So I'd nice. highly recommend it. I'll put it in the show notes. I think they mentioned something... I think this was from them, um, that your last point made me think of. It was that the Bible was written to be read, not studied. Not Studying it is good, and it's a an advanced way to look at it. But for the most part, the Bible was intended to be read. I think it would be a lot easier to read your Bible if you didn't feel like you had to be studying it all the time, like you had to be working really hard. You can just read it like a book. Like that's That's its main purpose. Absolutely. I think that came up when we were talking about the last episode. I was talking to you about that. Oh, really? Yep. Are we getting a little bit of a oh, deja vu? Here? Yeah, I think so. That's all right, though. Yeah. It's a good It's a good point. So repeating it's, it. Yeah, we'll is, say it again. Yeah. People need to be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. Hey, what's that from? Uh, Dr. Johnson. Who's I, Dr. Johnson? Uh, a guy that C.S. Lewis quoted. <laughs> I don't know. This one dude. He was, it was, in mere he was Christianity. Mr. Johnson, then he, he got his as, PhD. So Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh so yeah. Those are good things to think about. We had a couple more questions we were gonna talk about. What were they? Oh, why is the Bible important? Why? Hmm. Well, that was an interesting sniffle. I mean, could you be a Christian without ever having a nose Bible? whistle? Okay. Uh, that's a good question, can I you? I think so. Mm-hmm. Lots of people were. We didn't all have the Bible for a long time. Yeah, I mean, think about there was a lot of Christians. Before the invention of the yeah, printing uh, press. Prior to the... Or before translation. Yeah, exactly. But fi- prior to the Reformation, a lot of people had no clue or had never read about the Bible, I should say. Uh, they hadn't yeah. personally read it, but it was read to them. Yeah. Same with the people at the very beginning of Christianity. They would go to church to be read the Bible. Yeah. Um. So they still yeah, had it. I would still leave some room maybe that somebody could still become a Christian without. Well, 
in one way or another. You could become a Christian without I don't think you can grow as a Christian without Right. Yeah, because I think the Bible is our only true way of understanding who God really is. That's like the the fuller picture of what is the nature and character of God. Mm Mm-hmm. And without scripture, and I, we can't can't know that. We also can't. Yeah, and I suppose you, you make a fair distinction. It's like even if somebody never read the Bible for themselves, if the information in the Bible is shared with them from somebody else who has, like that's still one way of getting that information or receiving it, even without mm-hmm. reading yourself. Not probably not yeah. the best way, but it would still be. It would still give the Bible importance. Well, you know. I mean. Maybe, maybe the best way to learn that sort of thing within the context of a community, instead of just reading something in your room by yourself where you can't have your ideas uh, checked. Yeah. Probably. I guess I'm saying maybe not yeah. the best way is to only hear it secondhand, you know, but to be able to have yeah. it together, like where you that. can actually see or know what the words are, even if you're not the only, you know, but being alone and trying to figure it out. Yeah. yeah probably not. That's probably not the best deal. Like, I guess that's the other extreme. Like somebody's like, on an island with a yeah. Bible, and no, and they've never had, and all of a sudden they start reading. They've got nobody else around to help them understand what they're reading. You know. Yeah. So why is the Bible important? Well, I Gosh. think the reasons we just talked about. It's the only oh, okay. way to really know who God is, like His yeah. true nature and character. Which also, I think the Bible is our standard for truth. Like it's how we discover what is true, and it's kind of our uh, our ruler. Because you were talking yeah. about how it's important to have that community to kind mm-hmm. of give you a check on, like if you're off track. And I think that the Bible serves as that for us, because yeah. if you have somebody for the who's community as a whole, yeah, for yeah. the community as a whole, it's it's our standard, it's our check. Because you know, if somebody comes up and says, "Well, I know who God is, and I'm a Christian," well to really know what that is, you have yeah. to have the Bible. <laughs> like, do they know God? Well, does their vision of God line up with what the Bible says God is? Mm-hmm. If so, then yes, yes, they are. They do know God, but without the Bible, we wouldn't know what standard to measure by. Yes. Like, to measure I by. think somebody could probably reasonably come to the conclusion that a God does exist without ever. Yes. And some Basic things right. about him. Without, yeah, exactly. And even some some particular attributes without ever even having looked at or heard or known anything about the Bible. But that is, I think that's only going to get you so far. And so if we want to know more about God, more particulars, the only way we're going to find out is like, well, where is God or how has God revealed those specifics to us? And the Bible mm-hmm. is that answer to that. Now, of course, some will say, well, the Quran claims to be the answer to that of how God has revealed himself more specifically. And then that ultimately comes down to, you know, arguments for the reliability of the Bible and um, what it says, things like that. But it's still a fair thing to say, you know, like if we want to know more particulars about God and expand our knowledge of God, we need some, we need to go to where he's revealed himself to us and what, and so as Christians, we say that that is the Bible. And of course, we give arguments to back that up too. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So the Bible is important. Yeah, um, and like you said too, that that standard of knowing. So it's like God is like this, and it doesn't match the Bible. We can go, mm, maybe not. God has told us Probably He's not. like this. <laughs> you say He's like that, so 
I'm going to take God's word for it over yeah. yours. <laughs> and anybody who can predict yep. their own death and resurrection and then pull it off, yeah, probably going to take their word for it over yours. <laughs> yes. Um, I was going to say something about that. I don't remember what it was. Oh, yes. So I think it's important to have the Bible for disagreement among Christians because, uh, or especially people trying to introduce new ideas or prophecies or especially within charismatic churches, I think keeping in mind that the scripture is our authority and our standard for truth. Uh It's really important Um, because if somebody tries to introduce a a prophecy or a, a word of some kind, the Bible is always the standard to measure that by. If it doesn't match up with the Bible, then it's not true. It's simply not true. And it's not from God. Um, I think it's important to keep in mind with all things that we discuss as Christians and new ideas that we introduce. Yeah. I like it. Any other thoughts? I have no more thoughts left. My brain cannot generate uh-huh. any more thoughts. Pooped brain. Okay. She's got the poop brain. <laughs> I do. I have the poop brain. I'm tired. Right. Well, that was a good one. It's been good. I'm glad you were on again, Sam. Yeah. We got that. Uh, fun. We got that. I was going to try to think of Sam's perspective on this podcast. I'll take it. I like it. Good. Good, yep. to, good to have it. <laughs> did you listen to I the haven't last yet. I saw that it posted, that posted? and um, that Bobby did some fun stuff with it. So I'm looking forward to listening to it, but I just haven't had opportunity to yet. Yeah. Yeah. It was just released yesterday for the listeners. So, um, Ben, Ben has an out here. You listeners though should have yeah. listened to it by now. It was a good one. Yeah. By the time this airs, uh, yeah, I had a lot of, should have. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. It's, uh, blended lots of my favorite things. Oh, that was the one with, uh, <clears throat> the C.S. Lewis and a bunch of other things. Yeah. The Joker. <clears throat> so yes, it was right. a, it was, um, using Batman and the Joker and C.S. Uh. Lewis to talk about the, uh, theology Ooh. of evil, which well, was fun. I'm a fan of Batman and, and the Joker. Ba- so yeah. And Bobby did, I mean, the soundtrack for it Good. is so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, it sounds yeah. fun. I can't wait. Good. Okay. So that's it for this episode. And for a recap of last <laughs> episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page and leave us some comments. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash the DBS podcast. And leave us some reviews on iTunes. Um, Yay. It helps people to discover the podcast. Also tell a friend. Um, if you enjoy yeah, that'll listening. help them discover it way more than a review on friends, iTunes. Yeah. Friends tell uh, friends <laughs> to listen to the podcast. Yes. Friends tell friends not to be stupid. Yes, both of those things. So yeah, tell a friend, leave a review on iTunes, check us out on Facebook. We'll uh, talk to you next time. Later. Later.